Okay. A good work, everybody. Good work. Good work. Good work. Good work. I'd like to dedicate our story tonight to... Uh, A good work. Good work. Tonight's the upshenish of my third cousin, uh, Menachem Mendel ben Rabiel Zeyvolf, which is good for him. Oisvaxen, Teirachub Maismatevim, Mechosish Mayim Valamdin. And as Rebbe would often wish people, even greater chassid than his father, which is uh, not not such a uh, um, easy feat. Anyways, the story we began about the Rashbats, just to re- just to recap. Okay, I'll say his mother's name as well. Usually by bracha you say the father's name. His mother's name is Menachem Elam ben Esther Yechavet. Discuss for him of Terechul Maisim Tevim. I started a story uh, two weeks ago about Reb Shmuel Betzal Sheftel. It's a bit of a controversial story, and I did get some negative feedback. People were asking me why am I sharing the story, which seems to violate a little bit of the Chafetz Chaim principle. It, it doesn't reflect so well on those who oppose Chassidus. And someone We'll talk later. Let me, let me share this first. So I just want to share that, um, first of all, the Rav Hirsch that I was mentioning in the story of Herschela was not the famous Rav Hirsch who wrote a commentary in the Chumash and was a very prominent rabbi in Germany who caused many thousands of people to do tshuva. I even heard that the Rebbe Shab said about Rav Hirsch that if he would have been in Germany at the same time, he would have done the same as Rav Hirsch. That's what I heard. Anyways, but um, the... Uh, the story is an important one to share, um, even though, I'm not saying the scary part, Rosie, don't worry, you can, you can open up your ears. There is a scary part tonight, but anyways, the, the story is an important story to share because it, it, it really expresses the sacrifice that Hasidim had to learn Tanya, to learn Hasidus, and it gives us a little bit of, a, of an insight of, of how valuable Chassidus is and, and what kind of um, sacrifice people made to be able to learn Chassidus and we shouldn't take it for granted and we should really dedicate ourselves to this beautiful gift that Hashem has given our generation. So with no further ado, continuing on where we uh, were up to in the story. Reb Shul B'Tzal Sheftel, as I mentioned last time, was a Malamid. He was a teacher of the Rebbe Marash, the Rebbe Hashab, and the Friedrich Rebbe, and also he was a mashpia, he was a mentor in the Shiva of Tumchatmimim in Lubavitch. And in what we got up to in the story was how he was being raised by his mother and by his stepfather, who was his uncle, who had married his, his mother. And he had become very curious about the ways of the Hasidim. And he noticed a lot of incredible character traits in the Hasidim. And therefore, he wanted to uh, hang out with them and learn from them. But he was frightened because at that time, there was such an opposition to Hasidim that it was actually, uh, it was actually dangerous. It was literally dangerous to hang around Hasidim, as you shall see in the story, how dangerous it was. But he really was felt that this was something that really was worth risking his life for because he felt that there's something really special about it. And he managed to find a chas whose name was Ermaisha, one of the employees of 
Rabitz of the Taylor, which is another another time we'll talk maybe about Rabitz of the Taylor, a story in, in himself. So he, he, he learned from Ramesha about the history of the Hasidim, and he asked Ramesha if, in addition to telling him about the learning with him just himself, he wanted to experience the learning of the Hasidim as a group. The Hasidim would meet together three times a week to study Gemara in, in depth. And Abishun Batsal later recounted that although he was a very gifted person and he learned with the rabbi of the town, rabbi of the town dedicated himself for every day studying with him for many hours. But he said, it, had he not seen it himself, he would never have believed the incredible depth with which the Hasidim studied the Gemara. He said, I, if I had not seen it with my eyes and heard it with my ears, I could not have imagined the incredible depth that they studied the Gemara. But besides the Gemara, they also studied together Tanya. And he went to their base medish and he, and he sat together with Ramesha and Ramesha would sit next to him, explain to him anything that he'd understand at the time, he would explain it to him. And he really enjoyed studying the Tanya and he would talk over with Ramesha afterwards and he would explain it to him. Abshul Batsal later recounted that when he was a, a senior dean, a senior mashpia, a mentor in the city of Lubavitch, he says, you don't know how much we appreciated hearing things from the elder Hasidim. He said, when I would hear one thing from Ramesha, I would spend six hours to study it over. I would repeat it in my mind again and again, many, many times until I fully understood it. He, in the language, in the Hasidic lexicon, he used to say to the, to the young students, he used to say, you guys are like fattened calves who don't know what you're being given. I would hear one teaching from Ramesha and I would go over and over it again and again for many hours, six hours, I would study things over. I trained my mind to repeat things over again and again until I was able to concentrate on one concept for three hours straight. For three hours straight, it was able just to think. Anyways, so he's going to this base medrash, he's learning, and uh, David is, if you're able to put your camera on, that would be great, I'd like to see your face. Anyways, I used to go, he used to go to the base medrash, I used to learn with the chassidim, and he really loved it. One day, He's learning this passage in Tanya. It was actually chapter 12 in Tanya. The passage which, which talks about how if somebody wrongs you, the author of it says, we shall, the Zohar says, how we shall learn from Yosef and his brothers. And if it's slightest feeling of anger or, um, or animosity or hatred comes in your mind, the author of it says what you should do is you should push it out of your mind with both hands and you should treat the person that you're angry with, with, with love and respect, do the exact opposite of what he did to you. Just like Yosef was kind to his brothers who hurt him, so too should you learn, learn from Yosef, do exactly the same thing. Now, although the, the, the author officially of this story in the Hatamim is, doesn't say the author is, it's, it's pretty clear from various uh, uh, sources that this was actually the previous ever wrote the story. Just explain why what was significant about this chapter of Tanya being taught at this, at this juncture of the story, which you'll see, which is very significant, but it makes me think that perhaps this was a message for him in his life to how he should look at all the torment that he experienced at the hands of the detractors of the Chassidim. Anyways, he was having a hard time, hard time understanding this concept. And he told Ramesha, it's hard for him. What should he do? Ramesha said to him, take the Tanya home, take it with you and review it. And he reviewed it again. And this became a recurring thing. He would take the Tanya with him, a small volume of Tanya that he had, and he would take it with him. And he would sit at night in the synagogue and he would review it again and again. And one night, 
He's reviewing this, this passage, chapter 12 in Tanya, and he's going over it again. It's three or four in the morning. He's going over and he's saying it out loud. And someone sees how he's studying so beautifully in such a melodious tune. Someone walks into the synagogue and he sits down next to him, just listening to how he's learning, he loves, just enjoying the guys. It's such a beautiful thing. Rashul Batsal later recounted, he said that the original Misnagdim, those original detractors of the Hasidim, they actually were very refined individuals and they actually had, they suspected the Hasidim of, of going against the Torah. But he said that the subsequent generation that he lived in, they had no idea who the Hasidim were. They didn't really know anything about the Hasidim and they just were following blindly the, the, the hatred that they were given as children, and they were and they were attacking the Hasidim without without really making any um, any investigation. They really didn't know at all what the Hasidim were doing at all. Anyways, he is this guy is listening to him, and and Shulbatzal doesn't notice him because he's so engrossed in his studies. And then, in the middle while he's listening, the guy approaches him. And he's sitting next to him. Shulbatzal looks up and he sees the guy's looking at him. And he got very frightened. He goes, oi, oi, oi. And he took the Tanya and he put it in his pocket. And the man realized something's, something's, something's unusual over here. So he says, what's wrong? I, I am drawing listening to you. This is really, really nice. What are you learning? Shul Batal thought that the man really was playing around with him, that he knew what he was studying. And, and, he, and, he, and he got frightened. And the man realized that something's wrong over here. And he went over to Shul and he wrestled with him until he pulled the book out of, out of his pocket and he opened it up and he didn't know what this book was until he got to the word Sadiqim Bainim Rashaim, which he knew that was something that the Kat studied. He knew this was something that the sect, as the, the Misnagdim, the tractors of Chassidim would call the Chassidim at the time, they called them the Kat. They called them the, the heretics. And so he he couldn't believe it. Here is this, this boy who was so gifted. And that morning at the right by the uh, earliest minion, he went over to the Herschelah and he told him Herschelah what he had discovered. This boy is studying the teachings of the cotton. He showed him the Tanya. And Herschelah says, you've done, God has given you a great schus. And the man said, yes, he was studying the book and with the hell I did for the sake of God, I fought and I wrestled with him and I got the book out of his hands. Herschelah says, yes, God has given you a great merit. You, have, you, you need to go call his stepfather, his uncle, right away, so I should tell him what's going on. The uncle comes to Herschelah, and he tells him, his uncle, look what you're who you're raising, look what he's doing. This boy that you're raising in your home, look what's happening to him. He's going to the ways of heresy. He's going against the Torah. Meanwhile, Rashmul Batsal, he went into the rafters, into the roof of the synagogue. There was like a little hole over there was able to observe everything that's going on in the synagogue and he saw the first minion had prayed and left and he decided that this would be forgotten like the guy had noticed him but nothing's going to happen he'll be okay he didn't, he didn't realize what was going on he went down in the synagogue and he prayed and then he went home when he came home his uncle greeted him at the house as soon as he stepped stepped in the door of the house he had a board and he hit him in the forehead with the board very hard. And he, and he, and he uh, started, after he hit him with the board, and he, he, he started beating him with his hands. He beated him so much until, until he fainted. 
And his mother was so frightened, she started screaming. And he, 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 he awoke because he heard his mother's screams. And, but his step kept on beating him and beating him. And he told his wife, you know why you're a, you're a woman and you have mercy, but you don't know what you're doing. This boy is going in the path of heresy. Wouldn't you rather that he died as a kosher Jew before he leaves Judaism, rejects Judaism? Because I'm beating him. And she and, and finally he stops beating him. And uh, he uh, it takes a couple of days for him to recover from this beating. And after uh, a few days pass and he, he returns to his strength, he goes back to the synagogue as he always would study Torah. And he goes back to study with Herschel. But instead of studying with Herschel, the regular subjects, Herschel starts talking to him about his great sin. And he says to him, will you, will you stop your ways? Will you go back to the Hasidim? And he started, Abshul Batsal started explaining to the rabbi who the Hasidim are and what they're doing. And the rabbi saw, Herschel saw that Abshul Batsal knew a lot better about the Hasidim than he did. And he, didn't, couldn't, he couldn't respond to Rishon Batsal's arguments because Rishon Batsal knew a lot more. And he realized that he was, in the, from the perspective of the rabbi, that he was, caught in the, by the, he was caught by the cat, he was caught by this group, and he wouldn't be able to uh, get him out of this, their clutches. And he told this to the uncle, the stepfather, Rishon Batsal, that this guy is he's stuck. I can't, I can't convince him otherwise. He's stuck. He's not going to go back to... Uh, he's not leaving the Hasidim. I, ca I can't convince him otherwise. From that day, the uncle decided he's not going to keep Rishul Batsal in his house. He doesn't want to keep this Apikoyris, this, this, this heretic in his house. And the rabbi told everyone in the synagogue how, how this boy has been captured by the cat. And he told everyone that they, they should stay away from him. And although he kept on the, he was allowed to stay in the synagogue and study, but Everyone, first of all, he was very hungry because he couldn't, no food anymore from his home, he couldn't go home. But besides that, besides being hungry, people also would constantly ridicule him. They would call him, you're a heretic, you're not Bikiris, you're a min, all kinds of, of derogatory terms, and they really caused him pain. Doesn't say exactly what they did, doesn't say if they slapped him or beat him, but they, they spoke in derogatory way to him all the time. And his mother, would bring him a dry bread so he had something to eat. And every day he had this dry bread that she would bring him, including Shabbos. She brought him this dry bread. And Shabbos morning after the prayers are over, he walks out of the town and he turns to God. He starts crying to God. He, sa he says, God, you're the father of orphans. Abshul Batsal, as I mentioned last time, he lost his father at a young age. He says, God, you're the father of, father of orphans. I just want to go in your path, in the path of truth, in, the path, in your path of God. I want to go in your way. If the path of Misnagdim is the correct path, the path of the, the tractors of Hasidim is the correct path, I'll go in that way. If the path of the Hasidim is the correct path, I'll go in that way. Show me a sign which path I should go to, which path is the right path. I don't know. God, you show me a sign. And he says to God, similar to the way that Eliezer said to God, may the first person I meet be the wife of Yitzchak, wife of my servant Avram. So too, the Rashbat said to God, God, may the first person I meet be the one that I'm supposed to follow in their path. And he finishes his prayer and he starts walking back to town. And from a great distance, he sees Reb Herschel 
and two of the Misnagdim. And he was very distraught because he, in his heart he had felt that he should go in the path of the Hasidim. But he said this to God and he was very distraught, but he sees, he's hoping maybe, maybe the Hasidim will come first. It's still time, it's still a great distance between till he got up to the Hershala. Maybe one of the Hasidim will come. And sure enough, two Hasidim come out of their synagogue. Oh, the Hasidim are coming. But then they took off and they went down a side route and they left the road. And he's, I. He's upset, he's going to meet her still, but he's still a chance, he might meet someone else. He starts walking, he's, and sure enough, two chassidim come out of the chassidic base medrash, and one of them was actually this Ramesha who had taught him, and everyone in town was talking about this boy who was so gifted, and how the rabbi at Rebherschel had spent so much time with him, and he was captured by the cat, and how his uncle had kicked him out of the house, and the whole town was talking about him, and and, and they, he could see the Hasidim Ramosh and, and the other Hasid were talking about him too. And they, they saw him from a distance. They didn't know everything that was going on with him. They know this, that he had stopped coming. So they thought that maybe he had stopped coming because he didn't uh, consider the study that he was getting valuable. So they, they screamed out to him, hey, Shum Batsal, what's going on with you? If all the wisdom in the world we poured onto you, you still wouldn't, you're still not going to, 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 to uh, realize what the truth is. Something like that. And Ashwin Batsalam, as a response, he told them everything that happened to him. And they, even though Ramesha was very poor, and by the standards of living at that time, very poor means that, you know, really poor, like, like, like to, you know, for food. But still, Ramesha took him to his house and he fed him and he stayed in Ramesha's house. And, um, and he, Ramesha, would teach him, and and he really he, he recalled later in life how special those days are with Ramesha. One day, he happened to meet Rev Herschela, and Rev Herschela asked him if he repented his ways. And instead of responding to that, he started asking Rev Herschela a question about a subject matter that they had that they had learned together. A very asked a very strong question about something they had studied together. And Herschel didn't know the answer. So he started saying his own answer. And Herschel was really, really impressed. He says, you know, I don't know what's going on with you, but your Torah study has certainly taken an ascent. You're certainly elevated in your level of Torah study. That's incredible, the learning that you're doing. And while they're talking, Shmuel Batsal feels a blow to his head, which caused his face to snap back and forth that he turned his lap to the left, and it was such a strong blow, it made his head turn to left and right and knocked his hat off. And he, as he's going to pick, off his, pick up his hat, blood is flowing from his mouth and from his nose, and, and he gets hit again and again. These, these misnagdim had come and started beating him. And, and their Herschela and the other more uh, Torah, great Torah scholars tried to stop them, but they kept on beating him. And they would have killed him, but Reb Herschel summoned the Hasidim, and all the Hasidim came together to defend him from these blows, and they were able to protect him. And but he he had passed out, and he fe- he only awoke three weeks later in the synagogue of the Hasidim, and a doctor had examined him and discovered that he had pneumonia and his brain was swelling. And he was lying there for days, unconscious, mouth was open with great fever. And he was really, really, uh, he wasn't well, but, but finally they nursed him back to, back to health. 
and the Hasidim were afraid to let him go outside lest he be beaten up again. And so from this summertime, when he had started to stay there until the month of Shvat, he, he stayed there and the Hasidim taught him Gemara and Hasidus. And uh, that's the part that we will share for tonight. God willing, we'll continue the story, Mirz Hashem, uh, next week, Mirz Hashem. Any questions or comments before we, uh, you want to say something before we, we stop for tonight? Cliffhanger, eh? Varech ben Meisha Akain. My daughter told me to stop by today. Thanks for stopping by. God willing, we'll continue the story to, next week. Have good vach, Shoshana. Good vach, Rabarach. Good vach, Beryl. Good vach. Yes, not yes, Yitzchak. I really enjoy your Malava Malka programs. Thank you. I enjoy everything you do. You're a great man. Thank you for the compliment. You, you deserve it. Thank you. Good luck, you. I would love to tell you not in public. Okay. We'll talk later then. Good luck, Good luck, Later.